For I am crucified with Christ And yet I live Embrace the cross Where Jesus Welcome to Crossbound Ministries where we are bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world, encouraging Christians and pointing sinners to the cross. Will you please pray about supporting our broadcast and ministry that gives us the ability to spread God's word. You can get involved by going to crossboundministry.com. Please welcome our preacher, Mike Sadler, as he brings us an important message from God's word. Embrace the love Second Corinthians chapter four and verse number one, as we'll be at today. Second Corinthians chapter four and verse number one. Paul, the apostle Paul, is writing to the church at Corinth here, addressing uh, some issues. And in that time, the Greeks, the Greeks were very proud of their wisdom. They were wise people. It makes me think of all the smart people in America today. But with all that that wiseness and all that intelligence, gents, it, God may say, that's foolishness. Yes, that's right. I said that. Some of man's greatest wisdom is foolishness in the eyes of God. And Paul points out some things here. And just as we are, the Greeks were proud of their learning. And Paul, in his letter here, shows the difference between earthly wisdom and heavenly wisdom. You know, a clever, smart man may be very foolish in the eyes of God. You may look good in front of man and man's institutions, but in the eyes of God, it's very foolish. So let's look today in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse number 1. The Bible says, Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, you know, Paul has the great realization of the tremendous responsibility that every Christian has in Christian ministry. And that responsibility kept Paul from losing heart, and it should keep us from losing heart. Because if you are saved, if you're born again, if you're a child of God, you have some type of ministry. You are a child of God. God commands all of us, all of us to spread the good news. If you're not a preacher, that's okay. If you're not a missionary, that's okay. God has still called you to spread the good news of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it is a tremendous responsibility. Listen, you have the cure for sin. Why would you hide that from people when you can share the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And so, of course, there's there's always discouragements in ministry. There's always can be uh, some depression, if you will. But the Lord gives mercy and grace in that, in that great time of need. But there's always going to be discouragements. The depression may even come at certain times. You may have a missionary friend who becomes a drunk or who knows? There's always discouragement. But listen to me. God gives grace and mercy in those times. And the encouragements are always much, much greater. 
Amen. When you see a child saved, when you see an adult saved, when you see somebody get right with God and change their life and go from being a drunk, a worthless, no good, nobody to being an upstanding father and a good citizen of the community and a good member of the church. Amen. God had taken change that person's heart because that's where it begins. We can focus on the exterior all you want. Don't do this and don't do that and have all these rules. And some of them are good rules. Absolutely. But it's not until a person's heart change that a real change happens. So no matter what the discouragements are, the encouragements are always greater. Paul did not lose his zeal for serving God. I want you to make it a point in your life to study the Apostle Paul's life and see the things that happened to him, the things that he went through, and the things that he did, amen, that he was beaten and shipwrecked and inbound and imprisoned and, and all kinds of sorts of things. But Paul did not lose his zeal for serving God. That is so, so important. As many times I've seen older Christians kind of, they lose their zeal for serving God as they get older. Or so many, and I'm not beating them up. I know so many bad things happen sometimes. And you go, God, why? Why would you allow this to happen? But God didn't allow that to happen. They chose to do that. God gave them free will. God didn't allow that. They did that. That wasn't God. God had nothing to do with that. So don't lose your zeal for serving God. God, like Paul. Paul didn't act cowardly. He didn't run away. He acted courageously in the face of what seemed like unsurmountable barriers, things that you could never get past or things that you could never do. God allowed Paul to do it because Paul was doing the work of God. You see, it really had nothing to do with Paul other than that Paul was being obedient. God is the one that made those things happen. And the same is going to happen in your life. If you do anything, it's going to be because God opened the doors. It's going to be because God gave you the funds. It's going to be because God made the way. Amen? It's all because of the Lord. We can do nothing without the Lord Jesus Christ. We have a ministry. Just like that verse says, therefore seeing we have this ministry as we have received mercy, we faint not. See, if you're saved, if you're born again, you have received mercy. Christ has given you mercy. What is mercy? Mercy is when you don't get what you deserve. Mercy is when somebody says, you know what? I'm going to pay the price for you. And that's what Jesus did on that cross. He gave us mercy that we do not deserve. But yet he loved us that much. He loved us this much that he wants us to be saved. He wants us to live for him. And he doesn't want us to faint in doing the work of the Lord. Verse number two. But have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by the manifestation of truth, of the truth, commending ev ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of of God. Here, Paul was thinking once again of the false teachers who had come to Corinthian church and they had an influence. Their, their methods were the same as they always are, the same as they are today. They're forces of evil, namely, you know, shamefulness, enticements to sin, crafty, juggling of the truth, uh, use of trickery and arguments, and adulteration of God's holy word misusing god's word misinterpreting god's word amen that's what they do they are the devil is a deceiver the devil is a master liar so these people 
handle the word, but they don't handle it in truth. They handle the word of God deceitfully. And so Paul is saying these false teachers are seeking to mix law and grace, just as a lot of them do today. There's a lot of works salvation, but you can never work for your salvation. They'll say you have to do this and you have to do that and you have to be good. You have to give your tithes. Obviously, they want money uh, and they're trying to mix law and grace, but Christ didn't. It's, it's through faith and faith alone. Amen. That's the only way to be saved. You can do nothing to earn it. Now, if you are saved, then obviously you're going to want to work for the Lord. If somebody says they got saved and nothing in their life changes, you can mark it down. That worries me. That scares me because somebody, when God Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth, the moon and the stars, the sun and the sea, when he takes up residence in a person's life, amen, you're going to see it. You're going to see a change. You're going to see them want to serve the Lord. You're going to see them desire the sincere milk of the word. Listen to me. Don't waste your time. I'm chasing people down that don't want to go to church. Yes, invite them to church. Yes, pick them up. Yes, run a bus route. Amen. Yes, run a van. Yes, go after them. But if they don't want to go to church and they say they're saved, if they don't want to be around God's people, they don't want to read the Bible. Amen. It worries me because there's nothing in them to desire the sincere milk of the word. And that's what the Bible says. When a person's saved, they're just like a baby desiring milk. They're crying for it. They want it. I need that to survive. I know that's how I felt when I first got saved. I desired the sincere milk of the word, and I still do, amen. And so as we're talking about these false teachers, it's expressed in the words, but by the manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. Manifestation of the truth, it takes two forms. You know, we manifest the truth when we tell it out in plain, understandable language in a manner. But we also, listen to me, we also manifest it when we live on our lives before others so that they can see it by our example. In other words, you walk your talk. You do what you say. You believe what you preach. You live what you preach. You live what you say. It scares me when I hear Christians that are living in the world. And I don't doubt some of them are truly saved. But they're doing things that, that totally, totally, totally hurt the message of the gospel of Lord Jesus Christ. They've become an alcoholic. They've become a drunk. But yet they're trying to tell people about Jesus. That worries me, y'all. It, it really does. Because people, the world is looking at their life going, there's nothing different about you than there is about me. How is that, that going to help me? How is that going to change me? Your life should line up with your message. Amen? I don't mean you're never going to stop being a sinner. You're still going to fight that flesh. But do all that you can to fight it. Put on the full armor of God. Amen? So the manifestation of the truth takes two forms. First, you tell it with your mouth. Plainly. Explain the gospel. But you also live it out in your life, in your home, in your marriage raising your children, there is something that is an amazing testimony for God in a good, godly marriage. When two people are sacrificial to one another and they serve and love one another, what a great, wonderful testimony that is for God and for the Lord Jesus Christ. It is almost unexplainable. Many times, 
Christ talks about the church being the bride, the bride of Christ. And so in some magnificent way, a marriage is an awesome picture of Christ and the church. Amen. So make sure that we're living that out, that we're showing that, that we're manifesting the truth in our life as we tell it, as we preach it, as we live it. So Paul was using both message, methods just as we should. He preached the gospel and he obeyed the gospel in his own life to draw men to Christ. And if you see the suffering that Paul went through, I dare say you have no excuse not to be serving him. And neither do I. Verse number three, but if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. Let's read that again. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. The apostle has been speaking of the tremendous care he used in seeking to make the truth of God clear to men, both the way that he lived and the way that he preached. And so if the gospel is veiled or hidden to some people, it's not God's fault. It's not even the Apostle Paul's fault because he was preaching the word. And yet, even as he writes the words, he's aware that there are some that just simply won't hear it. They simply won't believe it. They simply won't receive it. Now, I want to give you something that, that should help you in your witnessing. You, there's many a times you're going to witness to people and they reject it. There's many a times you witness to them and you say, well, they didn't want that. There will be a many a times you give them a track and they don't want to read that. Many a times you tell them your story about being saved and it doesn't impress them. That should not matter. It is not your job to save them. That is Jesus's job. Your job is to tell them that Jesus can save them. Amen. It is their choice what they're going to do with it. So some are blinded. How are they blinded? Those that are perishing are blinded. Some of them, I do believe, are willfully blinded. They don't want the truth. They want to live how they want to live. So who are those that are blind? And why are they blind? Well, let's look at what the Bible says in verse number four. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. So who are those? It's those that are not saved, those that believe not the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. In our physical universe, we have planets, we have a sun, we have an earth, and you know what? The sun never stops shining. It never shuts off. It does not have an off switch. You're not going to turn it off. It gets dark on earth because the earth spins around. And one side gets dark and the other side gets light. And it flips around. One side gets dark and the other side gets light. And it's just a constant. But the sun, listen to me, the sun never stops shining. We don't always see it. But the reason for that is, Something has come between the sun and us. If you've got darkness in your life, if you've got sin in your life, if you can't figure out why you don't have the joy of the Lord in your heart and in your life, listen to me, there is something that's got in between you and the sun. Yeah, the son of God, you and God, there's something blocking it. Amen. 
You've got to get that. You've got to remove that out of your life. Now, a lost person, a lost person can't see the light, cannot see the light because there is something blocking it. And the Bible tells us what that is. It says, in whom the God of this world hath blinded, just like the sun of our universe never stops shining, the light and the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ never stops shining. Amen. There's something blocking that light. That's the reason for the darkness on their heart. And how, what is it? The Bible says in whom the God of this world, who's the little G, the little God? It is Satan. It is Lucifer. It is the great deceiver, the great liar. He has blinded. Listen, he has blinded, the Bible says. Have you ever really met a blind person that cannot see? They, they have to rely on everything else but their sight. And it talks about a lost person being blinded. And see, we look at people and we go, how can they do that? How can they live their life like that? How, how, could, they, how could they go out and do those things? How could they think that's okay and be proud of it and, and, let, and just want everybody to know about it and be boastful and brag about it? How can they do that? And we wonder and look at their life. And we so easily forget that it is a spiritual battle. The battle's not with them. The Bible says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Now, couple that with this verse. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. So when you look at those people, you know that, wait a minute, I could battle this subject or this issue, but that's not where the real battle's at. Oh, that's what the devil wants you to believe. He wants you to fight with your hands and your fists, but the Bible says that's not where it's at. The Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. How is a person going to defeat that? The only way, listen to me, church, listen to me, Christian, the only way a person will ever defeat that is when the light breaks through. How is the light going to break through? With your testimony, with the word of your testimony, with you sharing the gospel with people, with you living it out in front of them. And when the light shines through on their dark heart and the devil can't blind it no more. And the, shite, the, the light hits their heart and they see that they're a sinner in need of a Savior and they accept the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to me, you won't have to worry about all them things that they're doing. They'll take care of that. They'll get that out of their life. They'll get that right. You just worry about getting them saved. You just worry about pointing them to Christ. And it isn't amazing. I'm telling you right now, if you've been witnessing at any time, you'll know that as soon as you go to witnessing to them, they'll start pointing out other things. And that's nothing but a distraction. Well, what about this? Well, what about this Christian that did that? What about this great preacher that fell? What about this one that did this? What about this? And all those are distractions from the real focus. And the real focus is the light of the glorious gospel of Christ. Just as the middle of that verse says, let's read it again. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. There it is. Lest the God, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ See, once that glorious gospel of Christ breaks through, the devil can't stand a chance. He's been defeated. He's been 
Uh, he will be cast into the lake of fire one day, the Bible says. He will never, ever harass anybody again. But while we're here on this earth, he is going to do everything he can. To, the Bible says in John chapter 10 and verse 10 that he is here to kill and to steal and to destroy. That's what he's here for. That's what the Bible says he's here for. And so we have got to be vigilant. We have got to stand on our feet for the Lord Jesus Christ and stand for what's right. As I told my Sunday school this past Sunday, it seems and appears to me that the people that are wrong will, are, are always the people that are the loudest. I'm going to say that again. The people that are wrong, that just want what I want, they always seem to be the loudest. doesn't mean they're right. It just means they're the loudest and they're just trying to be pushy and get their way. God is always seeking to shine into a heart of a man, but Satan puts various barriers between unbelievers and God. And it can look like this. It may be a cloud of, here they are, pride or rebellion, self-righteousness, or any one of a hundred things. But they're effective sometimes and hide in the light of the gospel. And I do believe that pride is the biggest one of all. Yea, seven things does God hate, and pride is the very first one that God's list. I know before I got saved, that's what stopped me. It was pride. I thought I was good enough. I thought I was, I, I just thought I was it. But the truth is, I was nothing but a sorry sinner in need of a savior. And it was pride that had, was stopping me. And I do believe even people in the church that are not saved, pride is stopping them from going down to that altar and getting right with God. Pride is stopping them from accepting the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal savior. And Satan, listen to me, Satan simply does not want men to be saved. The gospel has to do with Christ and his glory. Amen. And Satan's going to do everything he can to block that light. Just as the light of the sun gets blocked sometimes, there's, there's a barrier there. That is exactly what the devil is trying to do in people's lives and people's heart. He is trying to block the light of the glorious gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, once you're saved and born again, he can't stop that, but he can try to hinder that. Because you belong to God. The Bible says you're sealed into the day of redemption. You can't lose your salvation. But he's going to do everything he can to hinder you from stop you from living for Christ. Because I tell you what, the devil, once you truly get saved and you truly start living for him, the devil's going to show you just how real and rotten and dirty and low down deceiver that he truly is because he's coming after you with both barrels. Amen. When you truly get sold out for Jesus, hey, he's coming after you. You can mark that down because there's a difference. When you get saved, you're, you're giving your life to Christ. You're giving your heart to Christ. You're being born again. But after that, after that, it has to be an act of your own will to fully and solely and completely submit to the will of God that he has upon your life. You have to make that personal choice. Yes, I'm saved, but now I'm deciding to give my life. I'm going to serve him. I'm going to obey him. The Bible says that obedience is better than sacrifice. And when you do that, when you lay down your will and you pick up God's will and you apply it to your life, the devil can see that. And I'm going to tell you right now, he's coming after you, but you stand strong. It doesn't matter what he does to this physical body. It doesn't matter if he takes your life. It doesn't matter if you get attacked by 
by people. It doesn't matter if you get sickness. No, what matters is that you stand strong for the Lord Jesus Christ because souls, listen to me, souls are at stake. Maybe your family's souls, your friends' souls, your co-workers' souls, the people that you know uptown, people that don't even know you that are watching your life. Souls are at stake. Let's get busy living, living for the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We pray you have been blessed by today's message. If you have been saved or are in need of a prayer, please contact us at 352-247-9200. That's 352-247-9200. Thank you for tuning in to Crossbound Ministries Radio Broadcast. Will you please pray about supporting our ministry and broadcast? You can go to crossboundministry.com or send your support or a gift to P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. That's P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. For a gift of $10 or more, we will send you a booklet. Please pray for us as our ministry and radio broadcast grows. Tune in every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. to hear a message from our preacher, Mike Sadler. You can follow Crossbound Ministry on Facebook, YouTube, and visit us on the web at crossboundministry.com. If you are a pregnant woman in need of help, there is hope. You can reach out to the Citrus Pregnancy Center. There are locations in Inverness and in Crystal River. Their phone number is 352-341-5176. That's 352-341-5176. This broadcast has been sponsored in part by Henley's Grading Incorporated for all your land clearing and hauling needs. Located in Hernando, Florida, 352-897-3507. That's 352-897-3507. This program is sponsored by Crossbound Ministry of Inverness, Florida.